0: All right, Dad, you guys are in for a real treat today. The world's best-selling author, James Patterson, joins me on the podcast. James Patterson has created characters in series such as Alex Cross, The Woman's Murder Club, Michael Bennett, Maximum Ride, Middle School, and Ally Cross. He has also collaborated on books with the likes of former President Bill Clinton, Dolly Parton, and most recently, Matt Eversman, with whom his latest book is out now, ER Nurses. The link to ER Nurses is in today's show notes. James Patterson has received many awards, including the Edgar Award and nine Emmy Awards. He is one of the most well-known and successful writers of all time. His books have sold more than 300 million copies. He is also very passionate about getting kids interested in reading. He's donated more than 1 million books to students. He's donated more than $7 million to schools and classroom libraries as well as over $2 million to independent bookstores all across the United States. It's a tremendous honor to have him on the podcast with me today. James Patterson will be here in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with James Patterson was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch today's conversation between the world's best-selling author and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right. As I mentioned there, James Patterson's new book, ER Nurses, is available today. The link is in the show notes. He sent me a copy of it. I was just blown away by his eye opening accounts from the ER nurses uh, that were on the front lines of this pandemic that really took the world by storm. He co-wrote the book with 20 year Army veteran and former guest here on First Class Fatherhood, Matt Eversman, who, of course, is very well known for his participation in what became known as Black Hawk Down, the Battle of Mogadishu. Scroll through the archives of the podcast, and you'll find my interview with Matt, as well as many other New York Times best-selling authors. I'll hit you with a Brad Trifecta, Brad Thor, Brad Meltzer, and Brad Taylor, all stop by the podcast here. Many other authors as well, so make sure you go through the list of all the guests. You'll find many New York Times best-selling authors included in the batch. All right, and this week, I'm hitting you guys with five episodes. Every one of them is a banger. Tomorrow on the podcast here, triple platinum recording artist Andy Grammer will be here. Chris Mad Dog Russo, the famous sports radio host, will stop by. Four-time World Series champion Jeff Nelson will be here. And legendary stand-up comic Jim Brewer will close out the week. So don't miss out on any of this week's episodes. Let's go, dads. Check me out on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the other upcoming guest announcements. If you're enjoying the podcast, please hit me with a rating or review. It goes a long way to help me out. And as always, please help me spread the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule. And every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with the world's best-selling author, James Patterson. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. What's doing, dads? I've got two ways for you guys to save money and support First Class. Fatherhood, first up, the NFL season is back, and the stands are packed once again with fans the way it's supposed to be. If you plan on taking your kids, going with your family, or going with the guys to the game, save $20 on your tickets by going to SeatGeek.com or using the SeatGeek app and use my promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS, and you get to save $20 off your tickets. Okay, and secondly, you gotta go to mypillow.com and save up to 66% off using my promo code Fatherhood. Mypillow.com, use the promo code Fatherhood. I'll tell you right now, their pillows are great, but their mattress toppers, their towels, their bathrobes are next level. You gotta check them out. Mypillow.com, use the promo code Fatherhood, and you're gonna save up to 66% off your order. All right, you got that, guys? SeatGeek, save $20 on your tickets. Promo code over there, First Class. My pillow, promo code over there, fatherhood. All right, two ways for you guys to save money and support First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father, James Patterson. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood.
1: Uh, Yeah, it's good to be here, man. Doing our best as dads, right?
0: Yeah, that's all we can do. Let's start right here. How many kids do you have? How old?
1: Just one. He's 20, uh, 23.
0: Okay. So very far, cool. so
1: good. He's he's a nice guy. Uh, <laughs> you know, I like him. What what kind of sports
0: activities was he into growing up?
1: Uh, he played a little tennis, a little golf. He wasn't, you know, our thing with the uh, uh, with the kids was well, with Jack was um, we just opened doors. We didn't push him, you know. His, his mother's four time All American, so she's a big jock, and uh, I played a lot. I played a little bit of college basketball, freshman anyway. But uh, he wasn't he wasn't as big on sports and that's fine. That's okay.
0: Yeah, very cool. Yeah. All right. Obviously, you've had a a very extensive career here in a simple capsule form. If you could just hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do.
1: I don't know, man. I just (laughs) I write a lot of books, a lot uh, different kinds of books, too. You know, we've got the Alice Cross books and a woman's murder club in the fiction area. And then uh, a fair amount of nonfiction now wrote Filthy Rich about the Epstein thing back in 2016 actually before the story broke across the country uh did one on john lennon do a lot of kids books middle school the worst years of my life uh, maximum ride so it's a lot of a lot of books and then and then just sort of big with family um uh very close to uh my wife and and our boy uh spent a lot of time at home work from home which is a which is a blessing and you know i grew up in a little small town in upstate new york and uh I also think it's I'm very lucky in that I still view the world as this kid from Newburgh, New York. Like it's no big thing. We brought up Jack that way. It's no big thing. Your your, your dad writes, writes books, so what? Be happy with it. But, um, you know, it's it's not a big deal.
0: Yeah, very well said. I'm a huge yeah. reader myself. I've read several of your books over the year. I try to read at least a book every week. Um, uh-huh. So uh, if you could hear, uh, take me back to the beginning of your fatherhood journey. Then uh, how old were you when you first, when you became a dad and how did becoming a father, change your perspective on life?
1: Um, I was, I'm an old, I'm an old dad. I was uh, 49, uh, when I became a dad for the first time. Um, and, um, yeah, it's been, it's been great. It was, uh, you know, it, you know, whatever you want to say about it, it, it um it completes everything it makes everything work more meaningful at least for me i i don't like to, i don't speak for other people but that's the way it hits sue and i uh and, and we're lucky we have a great relationship I uh what i say about sue um you know we, we 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 go to bed every night holding hands seriously uh so that that's it we fall asleep holding hands well
0: beautiful what would you consider to be then the the, the top values that you had hoped to instill in Jack growing
1: up? Um, You know, I don't I don't think about stuff like that as much as, as I said, uh, you know, opening doors for him and not pushing him anywhere. Um, You know, I we've always tried to, you know, lead a a fairly good life. I mean, I was uh, 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 the way I was brought up uh, was that your right to extend your arm ends at the other person's nose the simple stuff like that, which I think is valuable, uh, be open to other people, don't be judgmental, um, give everybody a, a, an even chance. Um, yeah, also don't get pushed around, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. And then did, obviously you said you became a dad late in the game. Did, did becoming a father change you in any way as a writer?
1: Uh, well, it did in the because I, I, I wrote a bunch of kids books. Which I hadn't planned to do. Um, maximum Ride was the first one, which is has you know really done a lot of kids read it, and it got me it got me aware of the fact that a lot of kids don't read, and that that's a disaster. You know, right now, and it's probably lower than this, forty some percent of kids read at grade level in this country, which is a disgrace. It's just, and we and we can fix that. There's a lot of things. I mean, I don't know how to fix global warming. That's a that's a tough one whatever. But uh, uh, we can actually get kids reading. We can get kids reading at grade level. We could get that number up into the 70s and 80s, and that would save a lot of lives. And so, I mean, one of the things just in terms of getting interested in in kids reading and stuff and going into schools and uh, and and writing a bunch of of books for kids, uh, it it just turned me on to it. And and, and that's been that's been a real good thing.
0: Yeah, and I'm curious what the secret sauce is. I got four kids myself. My 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 older son, he knocked out like the Harry Potter series when he was twelve. I mean, he he was a he's a big reader. My little guy, my my third son is is getting into it. He's very into it. My middle guy I struggle with because he's not interested. I'm still trying to find that. I can't put my finger on what the secret sauce is to get the kids interested in reading. Uh Uh-huh.
1: Uh, huh. I, you know, uh, uh, sometimes you just have to make it a deal. Like when Jack was seven, Jack's a very bright dude. And, and he wound up getting like an 800 and SATs, but he wasn't a big reader. And when he was around eight, uh, that summer, Sue and I said, you're going to read every day. That's the deal. But we went out and we got about a dozen books that we thought that he would, he would really like. Uh, and then, and then he just had to read every day. Uh, before he could use any screens or anything like that, he had to read. That's the deal, you know. But 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 they were they were cool books. It wasn't like you know well you should read Shakespeare or you know whatever. Shakespeare, we'll get to that maybe at some point. But I mean for the moment, and you know, well, Harry Potter is a great one, and 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 God, and and you know, and I I, I don't know if she thinks this way. Um, but boy, she saved a lot of lives. She turned a lot of kids onto reading and that's useful. It's at the minimum, kids need to be competent readers. And if they're not, it makes life a little harder. It's going to make school harder. It's going to, it's going to limit your choices. You don't have to become a spectacular reader. You don't have to read every book in the library, but you got to get to be a decent reader.
0: Yeah, very well said. And I, I believe that too. And one thing I always say is it's different reading with your kids rather than reading to them. I love reading to my kids at night. I, I do it really just with my daughter now. She's seven. So I still read her the stories at night, uh, but reading with them, I mean, it takes sometimes really big patience when you're, when they are yeah. first learning yeah. how to read.
1: You mentioned also the thing about becoming a father and becoming more aware of, I don't know, the world around you and other families and stuff like that. And I, uh, a couple of years ago, I, I got together with another guy who's a father, Matt Eversman. Matt was, the actual sergeant, uh, you know the movie Black Hawk Down.
0: Yeah, I, I've had Matt on the podcast here. Yeah, yeah I know Matt. Matt yeah, real
1: guy. And so Matt and I got together, and we did that book, uh, uh, Combat Boots, and and then and then the one ER nurses that's coming out, and and that's really um, that's once again it's about families and stuff, and 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 you know ER nurses, and it's interesting because Matt did a lot of the interviews for that. And he, he called me up a couple times and he said, man, i got to take a break. And, you know, when we got done with combat boots, one of the things we said was that the next time you, you thank somebody for your service, you'll know what you're thanking them for. And it's the same thing with ER nurses. It is a mind blower in terms of what ER nurses do or nurses in general. And people don't really they think they understand it, but they don't. And our mission was. If, if you are a nurse or you're married to a nurse uh, or living with a nurse or have a nurse in the family, you'll understand them better than you ever did. And that the nurses will say that Eversman and Patterson got it right. They got the story right. And, and to me, those are the most important books and the kids books that I've ever done, because to me, it's rare in life that you see a movie or read a book or whatever where you go like, I didn't really understand this, but now I do. And with the ER nurses you will read that you will understand what these people go through you will never be the same when you go to a hospital you will you know once again if you thank nurse and nurse for what they did you'll really understand what they did it's just unbelievable and a lot of these a lot men and women they they are uh, moms and fathers and whatever and and they got to go home too uh, you know so it's it's just fascinating stuff to me but yeah, that I, okay, I I don't think I would have done those Uh, uh, If I hadn't if I hadn't been a father, if I hadn't, you know, sort of that, that opened my eyes to a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that book myself. I'm going to put a link in the description of the podcast episode ER nurses, so my listeners can get over and tap it. Yeah, Matt, Matt Eversman is awesome. I had him on the podcast here. I've had several Black Hawk down, uh, real guys from that mission, and uh, I bring on a lot of military guys just because I'm, um, you know, just blessed. I feel and, and grateful that we live in a country that produces men and women like that. That that really we wouldn't stand a chance in the world without them. So, and yeah, same for goes course. for the for the nurses and, and the medical people. I mean, we take it for granted sometimes that we have access to to these real heroes. Uh, so and, we love think the fact- we,
1: and we think we understand, but we don't. We don't know how hard it is. Matt and I are doing cops now, and it's the same thing. People don't understand how complicated that is. And, you know, obviously, the, the books that I, you know, I I write Alice Cross, but now, and this relates also to being a dad, uh, I have a series on Ali Cross, who's one of Alex's kids. So it's a kid book about what it's like in this day and age that to, where your, where your dad and mom are both cops uh, and once again, his family thing and, 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 and as a dad and, and, and Alex is a dad, which is interesting. To, 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 you're, you're actually thinking about, you know, one of your fictional characters uh, as, as a father and what, and what, and what it's like for him to go through that.
0: Yeah. Very important stuff, Jim. And and I know that I, I talk on this show a lot about the fatherless crisis we have going on. We got so many kids yeah. in this country growing up without a father and yeah. I know that just just the high school dropout rate is in the 70 percentile of kids that don't have a father in their home. Is it the, yeah. are you I know you do a lot of charity work with getting kids to read. Do you see that kids coming from a father's household sure. um, on that side of not reading?
1: Yeah, it's huge. But and I think, you know, the, the, one of the things I mentioned this thing about, you know, uh, uh, getting kids to read at grade level. And the reason I bring it up is we actually have the vaccine. We know how to fix that. Uh, I work with the University of Florida and they have they've figured out how to help teachers to become even better teachers. And we can solve that problem if the states would just and they don't have to spend any more money. They just have to spend it correctly and we can fix that problem. The problem, you know, like people go, oh, well, we got to put uh, books in the homes of people that don't you know, that don't have any books or don't read. Well, yeah, kind of. But I, that's not going to necessarily solve the problem. because they're not in the habit of it, A. And B, a lot of times the books they put out there are books that kids are going to go, I don't want to read that freaking book. (laughs) That's not a book I want to read, you know. So the the issue, the problem with, with, you know, I I just can't, you and I cannot go out and solve this problem of, okay, you know, we need fathers in these homes. (laughs) So I I tend to sort of like, oh, yeah, I don't don't know what to do about it. It's like I said with, with global warming, I don't know what to do about that one. I'd like to be able to wave a wand. It's huge. It's a huge problem. I think that part of it is and this gets down to, you know, young people taking responsibility when they have sex. You know, man, that's a big responsibility. Wear a damn condom, man. You know, unless you're really ready to have a kid and take that responsibility and, you know, and a lot of people aren't. They aren't, man. You just got to. You have to be you got to be careful. You got to be responsible. I don't know whether people should or shouldn't have sex, but if you're going to and you're on, you you be ready to have a baby, man. And if you're not ready, don't you know, don't do it either. Don't have sex or 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 use protection or something. But don't just go make babies.
0: Yeah. And the and that is a big part of it. Children being born out of wedlock has really skyrocketed. But yeah, I mean, if you talk to a young person and said, wait till you're married to have sex today, uh, they would almost look at you as if you're just telling them a joke. So, I mean,
1: it's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, one it do. either don't, it, but at least be, be, be protected something. But you, yeah. you to there's consequences to that act. <laughs> and it's not yeah. as simple as, boy, that was nice. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, it was. But, uh, you know, nature sort of set it up that way for a reason.
0: Yeah. And let me bring it back into you as a dad here for a minute here. What type of disciplinarian uh, are you as a dad? And is that different than the discipline style that you grew up with? Uh,
1: Yeah, it's very different. You know, my uh, I grew up my father lived in a Newburgh poorhouse. That's where he was grew grew up. His mother was a charwoman there. She cleaned the bathrooms in the kitchen and they got a room together in, in, in the poorhouse. So they didn't have a lot of money. My father, the first time and I'm sure when he was little, he probably did. But the first time I remember him hugging me was on his deathbed. Wow. And that's just the way he was. And, you know, I accept it. But with Jack uh, growing up and to this day, any night he's in the house, I give him a hug before he goes to bed. That's our deal. When he would go to school, I give him a hug. And he was like, all right, fine. He didn't care. And it didn't matter whether he cared. It was just that's going to be the deal. Okay, all right, it's fine. Hugging your kid is okay. I mean, not other and not every dad is comfortable doing it, but think about it. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's a good thing, and they can grow up strong and be good athletes and you know whatever, and still get that feeling of yeah, it's okay. Somebody, somebody, somebody loves me. That's a good thing to know.
0: Yeah, I would say that's definitely something different myself from, from my father, too. I don't remember my father being that person to say, uh, you know, I, I love you or be very affectionate. My my father was born in 1930. He was 50 years old when he had me. So I was the last of his late later in life. Yeah. So I, that's definitely I've definitely blown away the amount of times I've told my kids that, that I love them. So, yeah,
1: yeah, there's a lot of a lot. I mean, in that generation, it wasn't it wasn't as common. And now we're better at it. Um. Yeah. And I think and there are so many things. I think it's useful. I think for, for, for I don't I don't give advice to other people, but we have found it useful to to make sure that Jack takes responsibility for his actions. Like, no, dude, you you did it. You got you know what I mean? At a certain point, you know, yeah, you you know, you got to you get at least take a small part. Like maybe it's somebody's fault a little bit, but take responsibility. You know, this thing of well that happened. But, you know, because blah, 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 blah. Well, yeah, there's a blah, 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 blah. But they're going to take some responsibility. Monica Lewinsky. She's got to take some responsibility. You know, yeah. Shouldn't, you know, the older guy, whatever. That's that's definitely a problem. And I know Clinton, obviously, because I've written books with them. But but also everybody's going to take responsibility. I think. Yeah
0: but yeah, personal responsibility doesn't seem to be the theme of the current situation that we're in right no. now it seems
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, unfortunately that,
0: and that's part of the big problem that we're having. I think that all stems to, I mean, I, I can go back into that with the fatherless crisis that we have going on. I, yeah. I, I think definitely. Um, and, and that's part of it too, bringing God, maybe back into hey. it. The Bible scares people because it puts personal responsibility yeah, on uh, people as well.
1: Yeah. Look, I think it's good. A little spiritual sense is really good. Jack is, is more spiritual than we are. We're decent, but he's, you know, it's interesting. He, he's more uh, into church than, than than we are, which is which is great. I think the other thing I mean, one of the things that happens here is is we're just running into a period more and more and more. We're caricaturing like here's the caricature, whatever, Wisconsin, the cheeseheads or that's this innocent one. But no, they're not cheeseheads. It's a complicated right. state, you know, and it's fun. I mean, and that's OK up to a point or a caricature about black people or a caricature about Italian people they're all ma- no they're not mafia and they stop already you know all these and, and we kind of actually live by them there's a caricature for Latinos and stop stop with the caricatures It's not that's not, that's not who people are uh, it's complicated it, it always is I don't know, you know so, and we try to do that with Jack uh, right from the get go with him and we, we always we didn't you know like when well, you're eight years old you can't figure something out yeah you can they're smart <laughs> They're they're as smart as we are they just don't have the information yet and don't treat you don't have to treat them like babies. So it doesn't mean they can't have a nice childhood and play and have fun and whatever. But they're OK. They, they can think they can think yeah. at an early age. They're thinking, man.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right on with that. And, and get And then getting into you. Obviously, the game has changed a lot since you began your uh, writing career uh, to where it is right now. We have the e-books. The audio books are popular. Yeah. What, what advice do you have for the parent out there that does have a kid who's interested in pursuing uh, a writing career?
1: Oh, I don't even worry about it, man. Just let them write- Keep, you know encourage them within reason um you know it'll it'll work its way out if if they if they really want to be writers, they won't be able to help themselves. You really have to be addicted to it, I think and and some people will be, and you know some people when they're ten, eleven twelve they go through a stage and they write a lot or read a lot or play a guitar a lot, and they may not wind up there it's and that's all fine, so you know i i I think it's encourage. And then and then don't don't lock in too much. If you got the next Tiger Woods, uh, maybe you lock in. But for the most part, eh, you know, let, let them. I mean, one of the unfortunate things with sports now is, you know, when I was growing up, it was like, OK, well, in the winter, you play basketball or hockey, maybe. And in the, in the spring, you played baseball and in the fall, you played football. You play different sports. And now they, you know, especially if the kids are any good, they try to get them to lock into the sport. You know, you got to play that sport all year. Uh, which is unfortunate. I think yeah, it was we, cool. You, you, you play a lot of sports and you learn them all and you love them all. And, you know, unless you're going to wind up playing pro ball or, or college, you know.
0: Yeah, that's how it was when we grew up. We, would play, we 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 played the seasons. We played the sports. So, uh, yeah. yeah, definitely now they have travel leagues and uh, you could play the same and Yeah, different if of your sports.
1: friend who would have the ball. <laughs> he's got the football. He's got the basketball. And he's got two baseballs. <laughs> Everybody had a glove. Everybody had a glove.
0: Yeah, hey, Jim, is there is there one particular book that you wrote uh, that you would love to see that hasn't been that you would love to see be made into a movie or a TV series?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many of them, especially lately. Uh, there's a couple that haven't come out yet. Um, I'd like to see. Um, oh shoot, I don't know. I, I I don't really have an answer to that. There's one that just came out, The Noise, and we actually we are turning that into a TV series. Uh, and that's a fun one. If people like Stephen King, it's a it's a very it's a different kind of book for me. And, and it turned you know the thing of it is you want them all to turn out well, uh, and and sometimes they don't. <laughs> yeah, as I mentioned, ER nurses, ER nurses in combat boots. I had no idea they were going to be as powerful as they are. You know, we, we got quotes, and and you never know. Peter you know, the publisher will send them out, and sometimes nobody writes back. But with ER nurses, like Sanjay Gupta wrote back and he says it's just unbelievable. And then um, uh, Sebastian Younger, who wrote, uh, what the hell did he write? The, tribe. Um, yeah, you know, but also Tribe, but also the one where the boat out in uh, the perfect storm. Guy's oh, a great right. writer. Okay. And he, he read ER nurses and he's, I don't know him. And he sent back and he said it was one of the most moving books he's ever read. He said it changed his life forever, which is, uh, you know, and that you love that kind of thing. Uh, so, eh, you
0: know, yeah, well, listen, I, I had an opportunity. The, the Navy SEALs do a swim across the Hudson River. This is their third year doing it. They invited me to come with them and they, and they went down to the uh, emergency room down in Camden, New Jersey. And they spent time with the uh, the ER nurses and everything down there. They had a great ceremony thanking them yeah. for their service. It was a beautiful uh, moment. I wish it had gotten more.
1: Where, where did they swim across the Hudson?
0: They swam from Jersey City to uh, the World Trade Center. So we were I was oh, on yeah, a barge I have,
1: the I a house on the Hudson.
0: Yeah, Uh, it was. It was just this past summer. This is the third year they did it, so it's. Or where we are, the
1: the Hudson's two miles wide, so big swim.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, for these guys, they knock it right out, so it ain't too bad for them. Uh, So, uh, all right. Obviously, you got the ER nurses. True stories from America's greatest unsung heroes with Matt Eversman available now. What What's next for you? What kind of books or projects are you working on right now?
1: Uh, Well, there's always another Alex Cross and uh i have a book well actually two interesting ones coming out alice cross for you know around the holidays uh which were it's they're coming fast man my whole family's coming here again <laughs> yeah that's what we do the like, i think it's up to 28 now for for christmas uh but uh, uh in, early next year I, I, have, I have a novel with dolly parton uh which is incredible she uh we've become really n- neat friends and. Uh, um, and there's a lot of movie interest in that and and they call like Ron Howard called the house and Steven Spielberg called, and i wanted I want to do the Dolly book, you know uh, so that's coming. and then autobiography in in July or June uh, was just a bunch of stories, uh, like you know my dad growing up in the poor house and uh, um you know the the various people I've read, and you know, like the Dolly stuff and the Bill Clinton stuff. and I mean Dolly, you know for for my birthday, uh, she called me up. he says, saying happy birthday over the phone. I didn't have the nerve to say, could you call back again so I can record it? You know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, that, that's incredible stuff. Listen, I'm definitely looking forward to that uh, coming. This, you said this summer, so that, that'll be awesome. Yeah, I'm looking yeah, Looking forward yeah, yeah. to that. Um, all right, so. Yeah, I you know,
1: keep- it, it's, you got Matthew McConaughey on your wall there. And uh, I, I was, I mean, I, I, I liked his movies. I wasn't like a massive fan, but I read Green, Green Lines. I thought it was great. Yeah, and and, and my, my autobiography, I'm not going to compare the two except that they're both just a lot of stories because, uh, you know, like people don't want to. They don't want to get lectured to. They don't care about, you know, what house you lived in and the bricks or whatever the hell, you know. So yeah, uh, yeah.
0: And I, and will yours be audio? Are you doing the audio for that as well?
1: Uh, well, actually, they—the publisher just asked me, "Do I want to do it?" They said it would take eighteen hours, and I'm like, "Hmm, okay. Well, let's see."
0: <laughs> because I thought Matthew's audiobook book—I I read the book. I have a habit of reading a book and then listening. To,
1: I drive Uber uh-huh, and stuff uh-huh. on the
0: weekends, and I'll listen to the audiobook of a book I already read. And his his was he audio doing book like I sexy, was sexy,
1: like the Lincoln, a very low voice, and, uh, yeah, he was. I mean, <laughs> it
0: was it was entertaining the way he did it, you know, and broke it uh-huh. up into different parts. I mean, it was. He's very, a smart well, man. Smart
1: yeah, man. very
0: well done. Yeah, good father as well too. So. Uh Um, All right. Well, last thing I want to hit you with here, I'd love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast. What kind of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening?
1: Um, I think, you know, it's uh, you got to keep your life going the the whole life, the family life, the the uh, you you, you, you got a responsibility. So meet the responsibility with those kids. Give them you can't get you can't love them too much. And, um. Uh, on the other hand, you know, the, it, it's a combination a combination for me of love and also like, you, you know, they're you're, they're going to they're to listen to you a little bit. But the other thing is, you know, make time for your for your spouse, man. Uh, maybe that's got to be a part of it. It shouldn't just be all like, oh, you know, we'll always. No, do date nights occasionally, you know, keep it keep it rounded.
0: Yeah, very well said. I love the message. This has been a big honor for me. I got to say, James Patterson, you're a first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Father.
1: Thank you. You're doing a good thing. Thank you much.
0: Back to wrap things up here at First Class Fatherhood. i got to give a special thank you once again to James Patterson for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was such an honor. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Make sure you lock it into First Class Fatherhood for the rest of the week. I have got some great episodes coming your way. Tomorrow on the podcast, triple platinum recording artist Andy Grammer stops by. Also, Chris Mad Dog Russo will be here. Jeff Nelson, the four-time World Series winning pitcher, will be here. And closing out the week will be legendary stand-up comic Jim Brewer. All right, so don't miss out on any of that action. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first-class fathers.